Christmas morning, everybody. 7 p.m. That's right, Christmas morning. CLNS Media, it is Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday, it's Tuesday night, <clears throat> it is October 17th of the year 2017, my name is Matt Rory, as always, this is Careless Whispers, Calvin Chamberlain, my co-host, are you as excited to get this season kicked off as I am? I'm ready for it, really. it feels like it's been a long time, uh, yeah, so I'm a I'm a Lakers fan for people who don't know and at this point who doesn't know. But uh I I'm I'm excited about the the changes that they made. I feel like we're gonna be better this year. Uh although you you might not, but uh so yeah, I'm excited about basketball just in general anyway. I think the NBA you know, I unlike you I I do love the NFL too. Uh but because I'm a Giants fan they've been so bad this year that I'm I'm ready I'm ready for the NBA right now. <laughs> That is very much unlike me because I do not love the NFL. I just tolerate it and I enjoy it. I I will say that as much as I rag on it from week to week, I do enjoy the NFL uh, at times. Anyway, this show is not about the NFL. It's about the NBA because the Celtics and Cavs kick off in uh, 57 minutes from now. So anyone listening live, we appreciate it. If you're listening tomorrow, then too bad for you, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody would be listening live because I haven't put anything on Twitter, Calvin. But oh, as nice. always, people well, can find me at Team Green Truth on Twitter, part of the CLNS Media. Um, I don't know horde. I don't know what what, what would you call us pack. What are, what are we here? A squad. Group. We're a squad. Boring. Squad. We are a squad. Okay. Good. Fair enough. Um. So. I'm going to switch things up here. I don't know what, where you wanted to start this show, but I'm going to start it with the Rookie of the Year talk because you just said something that I'm going to surprise you and go the other way on. I've been saying that I think the Lakers are going to be really bad, and I still believe yep. that they're going to be bad, but I think that Lonzo Ball is going to shine, and as much as it pains me to say, because I don't think he's going to have the best career of all these guys, we're starting with Rookie of the Year talk, and I, I'm giving it right off the bat to Lonzo Ball. So if you, if you don't think he's going to have the best career, I'm curious about this, you don't think he's going to have the best career, but you feel like right off the top he is the guy you're giving the Rookie of the Year to. So I, I guess I'm wondering why. Yes. Well, I think that yeah. he's going to be the one. Uh, <clears throat> and let me also preface this by saying I'm not – I'm not considering any of the players uh, that were drafted prior to this and injured or uh, have come over from overseas as as rookies because they they were their rights were acquired by an NBA team prior to this. So I'm I'm just excluding previously injured players that did not play in the NBA yet but were part of an NBA roster or part of an okay. NBA organization, I should say, because they're not on the, the roster. So I'm uh, ex- I'm not talking about him. I'm just basically looking at the, the top rookies from the draft in 2017. So if you want to go another route and talk about guys like Simmons, who are likely to have a, a pretty great year and be considered for the rookie of the year, that's fine. But in principle, I just I, – I can't, I can't include them in my argument. Okay, fair enough. So, so. With that being said, okay. I feel like yeah. of the, let's say let's say the five are uh, Ball, Fultz, uh, Josh Jackson, Tatum because he was drafted in the top five, and where did Darren Fox go in the draft? I'm not sure, but I he's been he's uh, been he's hyped good. up quite a bit. Either way, let's go with yeah, those five. Yeah, okay. Out of those five. Even though Jason Tatum is drawing the start tonight, I think Lonzo Ball is going to be given the most opportunity to perform and succeed. And after that, I'm going. I, I, w- I would say I don't know what your argument back to me is going to be, but I would say that there are too many other young talents on Philadelphia for Fultz to be the, the one that emerges from those five that I just mentioned. I don't believe in Josh Jackson, uh, and I think Sacramento is. 
a hot garbage dump. So that leaves Jason Tatum on the Celtics. And um, history has shown with Brad Stevens so far in his early NBA career that rookies don't get a lot of play. So we'll see how it goes over the course of the season. But that just that tells me that Lonzo Ball is the one that is going to have the most opportunity. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him. Oh, yeah. Don't get a lot of play, but I, I I do have to say that uh, since we talked about it earlier, I'm I'm proud of Brad Stevens starting the season out with Jason Tatum starting in the lineup. Aaron Baines could have played. I realize you know he might not be the starter once Morris becomes healthy. That's fine, but like just the fact that he's starting over Baines, which was my original complaint. Uh, yeah, so Tatum and Jalen Brown in the starting lineup is interesting to me. Man, boy, Marcus Smart just can't get a break. I have a Marcus Smart. I'm like, really? I can't start. I have mixed I have mixed feelings about that because I think Marcus is certainly capable of starting and worthy of starting, but at the same time, if he doesn't start, I don't know. I would trust him more to get things going by himself off the bench than a guy like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. As as good as I think those guys are going to be, uh, I think that uh, they, that the bench needs a leader. And neither of them are that that guy right now. And Marcus Smart can be a leader for a bench unit. So I think that's that's actually a great move by Brad Stevens. I mean, but it's, 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 I get what you're saying, but it's not like it's a hockey situation. You, you know what I mean? Like the Rockets are probably going to play uh, either James Harden or uh, Chris Paul for you. You got to figure ninety percent of the game. The Celtics could easily do the same. Like the Celtics, if they wanted to, could start smart and have him be the anchor on the second unit primarily, just by by minute staggering. But um, yeah, it just seems like they're they're committed to him being the, the sixth man. And then I, I guess if I was Marcus Smart, especially like going into my, I realize I just changed the subject completely, but that's sort of how my mind works. Uh, yeah, if I'm Marcus Smart, I'm going into my free agency here. I don't I, I don't know. I would be a little bit upset about that. But he, I guess he doesn't seem like that kind of guy, so he's probably taking it in stride. Um, as far as the rookie of the year goes, yeah, Lonzo makes sense to me, especially because, let's face it, if Lonzo, here's the thing, if Lonzo is good at all this year, I see, I think that Lonzo Ball is going to be the best player of the of this rookie class, but I don't necessarily, don't necessarily think it's going to be immediate. Uh It'll be interesting. I, I think that he'll he'll. I think he needs to sort of uh, figure out how to get that shot off at this level, and I think that that part of it will take some time. Obviously, the passing instinct is fine for him, and I, I think that, like I said, if he's decent, then he'll get it because, or really, if the Lakers are decent, because he'll get all the credit for it, right? Even if Kuzma plays really well, even if you know Brook Lopez plays well, if the Lakers are. Yeah. Anything close? If the Lakers are anywhere close to 500, then Lonzo Ball is a lock, no matter what. Even if his stats are like not great, he's gonna get. He's gonna get it. Yeah, especially like the, the media is just waiting to anoint this guy. But I, I, I kind of like Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't know if the Lakers are gonna be quite good enough, and I think because of that, I think Lonzo's numbers will, will not be overwhelming. And I, I just feel like by the end of the season, I watched this dude Donovan Mitchell play. He, he gees up. And he's, like, he's basically good at everything. He's one of those all-around players. I, I think, you know, people are saying Dennis Smith uh, in Dallas, but I, I just feel like Dennis Smith is the kind of player that Rick Carlisle is going to hate because he takes a lot of bad shots. He's like a Brandon Jennings type to me. Like, he looks super athletic. He's going to come out. He's going to score. But I don't know that, I don't know that Carlisle is going like, to like his game enough for him to get the kind of minutes that, like, people seem to think when they're talking about how he's, like, a lock to be to be great because he looked good in summer league. I'm I'm more skeptical of that guy. So I'm gonna go with Donovan. Off the board. Totally off the board. Yeah. That that's that's kinda of what I did last year with Jalen Brown and it didn't work out. So good luck to you, sir. Yeah, you didn't pick Tatum this year. I'm impressed by that. Congrats. Oh, you're impressed by that. Yeah, you stayed away from the Celtics. Did stay away from the Celtics because I think, even though I think uh, Tatum is going to be great over the course of his career, and I think that uh, he uh, he uh, has a chance to be in that conversation for Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to perform better than people expect him to. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick him because I think that there are going to be times where Stevens goes 
with veterans and, and he makes rookie mistakes and gets punished for it. And Brad would never probably never tell you that uh, he, that's what he's doing. But I think that's kind of the way that he has shown that he treats rookies. Even with Jalen Brown last year, he had flashes of brilliance and Stevens would still sit him down if he had a couple of mistakes. So um, I think that's a good way to coach. And I would expect him to do that with Tatum too. So that, that, that takes something away from, from Tatum for me. Um, Honestly, Calvin, Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> I, I, hadn't even, I hadn't even considered him at all. Not even in the top ten of the draft. That's, that's an extreme reach, if you ask me. But the fact that Dante Exum is hurt for the Jazz, maybe, maybe you're onto something here. Who knows? I, I just think that that's pretty aggressive. And you're, you're starting to sound like me with Jalen Brown last year, in hindsight. I mean, my my second pick would have been uh, Ben Simmons, but he since he just like pre, he just sort of like uh, created the rules at the start of the conversation. We didn't discuss this ahead of time. So I, I, no, you know, no, no. We can have different rules. We can have different well, rules. Know, you you may yeah, like the, the way that the NBA does it and and says that they're they're not a rookie until they play their first game in the regular season. That's that's fine. Yeah, I I get it. Look, I get it. it, it I could have. You know, just spoke, uh, pick Ben Simmons for myself. Uh, but you you established a set of ground rules. That I felt uh, I felt that it would be responsible to follow those ground rules. And could, and I, I like Mitchell anyway, so I think Mitchell anyway. Uh, Fair enough. Well, That's enough on rookies. We, yeah, because we started off with the rookie of the year. So we we are going to make uh, our picks for for who's going to make the playoffs, and then. Uh, before that, I, I, I wanted Ray to tell me who the bottom five is because that could be relevant to the Celtics yes. depending on what he says. Yes. I, I think the bottom five does matter. But, um, yeah, before we do that, since we started with the year, let's do the other thing we're going to do. Wait, who gets the MVP this year? Who does get the MVP this year? Uh, very interesting question. And... Honestly, I think I'm going to go kind of with the with the the known sleeper pick just because I want to say his name. And I think that he's going to make Milwaukee a lot better than they already are. It's uh Giannis Antetokounmpo, Calvin. I'm I'm going I'm going Greek freak. This is where I'm going to go off the board and I'm going to go with a reach. Uh and I'm probably going to be wrong because He's, I don't think he's going to be so overwhelming that the writers have to choose him. But I'm thinking that uh, he's going to be in the conversation at the end of the season and that I personally would choose him as my MVP if I had a vote. So I'm going with Antetokounmpo. I just I think it's time for him to take the step that everybody expects him to take, and I think he's going to do it. It's just a matter of uh, whether Milwaukee's any good or not. So if if Milwaukee can get a three seed in this in this Eastern Conference, then I'm all in on Antetokounmpo being the MVP, assuming that he's he's uh, the guy that uh, does everything for Milwaukee and and really looks like that all around player. So if you are taking Giannis, I'm assuming that, that uh, it's going to be affected by. Uh... Where where you say Milwaukee is when we have this discussion about the top eight teams, right? Because uh, you don't you don't win MVPs. You're not one of the top four teams in in your conference. I mean that just doesn't happen. But right. Yeah. So I mean, oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a choice that you might say, oh, that's the obvious choice, but it doesn't seem to be the obvious choice out there. The obvious choice out there right now. But the, the the choice that everyone seems to be making, like this guy's going to win MVP, is Kawhi Leonard. And the hmm. re- I think the reason, yeah, and the reason why people think Kawhi Leonard is going to win MVP because Russell Westbrook and James Harden both got teammates that, that are going to take their usage rate down, right? LeBron doesn't play full seasons, so there are people who like still pick LeBron to win the MVP. But spoiler, I'm, spoiler alert: LeBron's not winning the MVP. He's not. I'm I'm not saying the Agreed. guy I'm, I'm picking. I'm, I'm not saying the guy I'm picking is going to win the MVP. Kawhi is certainly more likely to win it than LeBron. But, yeah, the thing about Kawhi is I think it's difficult for a guy like Kawhi to win the MVP because 
one he one he plays in San Antonio, but two like he's such an enigma in terms of like what his persona is, and I don't think that matters in other sports. I don't think it matters at all in baseball. It matters somewhat with quarterbacks in football, but I just think he's such a non-entity that like you could have you could have made a stronger argument for him being the MVP last year, but it's just the the narrative of, of Russell Westbrook and you know what James Harden was doing, it was just more interesting. And I feel like storylines are what create MVP candidates. That's why I'm I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. I don't feel like people are saying Kevin Durant, you know. And Kim, yes. Kim, the Warriors, yes. The Warriors, I, see, I like that. And I, you know what? We almost lined up here because I was, I was inches away from saying Kevin Durant, but I decided that Golden State was too good overall and that would, that takes away from his shine. And uh, I went off the board, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. He's my second pick for sure. Give your give your reasons. Yeah, I, I just I just think that uh, uh, I just think that uh, sorry, uh, roommate was asking me something. Uh, I just think that uh, where was I at? Again, Kawhi. I already explained why he's not going to win. LeBron again, not not going to play enough. I do think Westbrook and and Harden uh, will be affected. You know, we'll get to when we get to the standings, but I do think that their numbers will be affected by uh, their new teammates. And even though they might, they're, they're, all, they're still both going to have awesome years, I think there'll, there'll be a narrative about them just like not having, it's like the Steph Curry narrative where it's like, oh, why is Steph Curry not as good as he was uh, when he was amazing two years ago? Remember that narrative from last year? Even though Steph Curry basically, like he wasn't quite as good, but he, he was basically still one of the five best players in the NBA. But it was like, oh, what's wrong with Steph Curry? I think we'll get a little bit of that with both Harden and and Westbrook, especially like if it takes time for those teams uh, to figure out what to do. And again, I just think the Warriors are going to win, you know, they're going to win 69 games or more probably. And, and because of that, and because it sort of like feels overwhelming, I think it'll just be like, that's the narrative. Kevin, it, the, the narrative will be like, Kev, this is Kevin Durant's team now, and it's not Steph Curry's team anymore, even though Steph Curry's still out there. You know, it'll be like Kevin Durant is taking over this team. And that's, it just makes sense for me that he'll take the MVP under that condition. Um, that's, that's a very good argument. And, but I just I, I feel like Golden State is, is going to be spreading around. Not, and I think that Kevin Durant showed that he's the MVP in the playoffs last year for sure. But over the course of a regular season, I have a feeling it's going to be somebody else. So I'm going, uh, I'm going with Giannis, like yeah. I said. Um, Calvin, our, our good friend Ty Ray tweeted just a few minutes ago, oh, too many podcasts about the same topic. So I told him that he should be listening to Careless Whispers because we're not talking about the same thing as everybody else, right? I mean, oftentimes we are, right? We, we'll, we'll come up with some things that other people don't talk about sometimes. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. tonight I think that we're, we're on the same page as just about everybody else in the NBA world anyway. Um, as This is our NBA preview show. So if you want to give us a call, you can. It's 323-642-1484. I don't expect anyone to call, although now the link is out on the tweeters because I just sent it go. to Ty Ray right in front of everyone's face. Um Okay, so that was quick as far as the MVP stuff is concerned. I, I'm, I just want to get to the standings, and uh, that's what we're going to do, if that's all, all right with you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me just say this about your, uh, about your rant real quick, final point. Well, we probably do have the time. Is I, I also think the difference is going to be that he's going to be one, one of the best defensive players in the league this year. We sort of saw him unleash that in the playoffs. I think it'll carry over to this season, and and that'll, that'll factor into it as well. But um, yeah, let's start out with our bottom five. Bottom five teams in the NBA. Obviously, you know this is the last year before the new lottery comes into play. Uh, as if tanking is going to stop completely. No, it, it, it's not. But tanking matters more now than it will next year. So when you when you name these top five teams right or bottom five, keep keep in mind that like I, I think it's going to matter whether or not a team is motivated to try to get into that bottom five. Hmm. You're right. And that, but so that's that's where I, I sort of uh, will look at the the fringe playoff teams and and wonder whether they're they're going to start tanking or they're going to continue 
to try and make the playoffs just to likely get beat in the first round by one of the top two teams in either conference. But um, the, the bottom five, Calvin, as usual, looks like it's going to be housed in the Eastern Conference for the most part. Uh, so you were hyping this this specific team up quite a bit over, over the last couple of months as, as being the worst team in the league. I'm not going with them as the worst. It will be in my bottom five. I think a major shift has happened here as far as the worst team is concerned. And I think the Chicago Bulls have decided that they are, are going to tank. They're shifting their, their ideology. They just got rid of everyone. They had a fire sale in the off season. I think the Chicago Bulls are going to be the worst team in the entire NBA. And that's sad for a franchise that was so dominant for so many years. Right. At the time that I made my statement about the other team, which we will, we will get to, I, I, I think that the, uh, the, the Bulls still had Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo. And you're probably thinking to yourself, like, so, so what, right? So what? That's fair. It's fair to say so what about them. But but they are probably still good enough to, like, not make you, just a veteran presence and, like, working with the young guys, good enough to not make you the worst team in the NBA. But without those guys, I look at the Bulls and I'm like, what, yeah, what do the Bulls have, right? What do the Bulls have? Uh, What What do the Bulls have? They have basically nothing. Like, what? I I don't know who they're... Their best players are. Right? Well, their the best player is Zach Levine, and he's got a torn ACL. Won't come back to a midseason. Coming off a torn ACL, do I expect Zach, Zach Levine to be great this year? It's going to be hard to work your way into shape in the middle of a season, coming off when you, when you missed a year and a half, coming into your free agency year, and, and by the time he comes back, the bull season's probably already done. So, uh, is it? I, I think I'm looking at the roster, Calvin. I think it, it's almost safe to say that without Zach Levine, their best player is Robin Lopez, and arguably, obviously, yeah. Nikola Mirotic. But he is so inconsistent yeah. that I'm tired of I'm tired of him. I'm going with Robin Lopez. That's the best player on the Bulls. They are definitely going to be the worst team in the NBA. This is not even close. Well, I mean. Obviously, when you when you bring in a rookie, there's there's the theoretical potential that that marketing could be your best player, right? Although I'm I'm highly skeptical of that. I guess. Of, of and actually, yeah. Zipser showed flashes last year, but even so, oof. yeah. You, it's funny that you say Zipser. I, I like uh, what a Portis. I like Portis rather than Zipser. But in any way, in any case, you guys uh, are all bums. Yeah. I mean, all of them. By, by like, I mean, like, I like him as, you know, a seventh or eighth guy on your, sure. on your team. Like, uh, yeah, to me, Robin Lopez is, he's like, inarguably a better player than Miritich. Much better defender, uh, better rebounder, like, more valuable on the floor than a shooter who can't shoot. And, you know, Miritich has never actually been good at shooting in the NBA, but he has this reputation for being one. He's got a cool beard. I'll give him that. I don't really, I have no idea why they paid him other than the fact that he is relatively young and theoretically he could become good, but I, I think that contract was insane. But so they have him they have Levine coming back, like I said, mid season. I just I think they have no talent. So they are the worst team in the NBA. You're right. And more importantly the front office wants to lose. They want to get the number one pick. Uh I, I think they will like I wouldn't be surprised if Levine doesn't play at all this season. Oh man. So, um, yeah. So, <laughs> Here's here's some here's some uh, breaking news that fits right into our Chicago Bulls worst team talk. <laughs> there was an altercation between Nikola Mirotic and Bobby Portis. Mirotic suffered a concussion and maxillary fractures, and he will require surgery. So Nikola Mirotic out for uh, an indefinite indefinite amount of time. That makes them that much much worse. This Bulls team is just whew, really, really bad. Um, so let's move on from them. Uh, right. because move on from the Bulls. But you know what, Calvin? Before we move on from the Bulls, I just want to throw this one. I, I, I'm looking on Twitter here. I see Sean Grandy throwing a graphic out there. 
We're not having a full Celtics discussion right now. We will talk about them when we get to them in the standings. But here's a little, a little nugget for you all out there. If you look at the entire Celtics roster and add up all of the years that those players have been on the Celtics, the number is seven. There are so many players with zero years on the Celtics and just a handful that have been here for a little while, like Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart. Calvin, there are 10 other players in the NBA that have been with their current teams longer than seven years, which is what you see on the Celtics. So that just sort of highlights how new this roster really is. It's, it's incredible. I mean, what, five or six of those years, of those seven years, have to be Terry Rozier and Mark Smart, right? So right, like, yeah. We're talking about the year of Horford, and then uh, I don't who's the other guy who's, who carried over? I forget. Uh, first year, Smart. Oh, Jalen Brown. Then a year, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. A year of Jalen Brown. That's it. So, yep, four guys with, with a, a couple of years and ten guys or nine guys with no experience on the Celtics whatsoever. It's just a – a crazy thing to think about when you, you wonder how, how good they're going to be, as we'll get to in a few minutes. Yeah, but number, the, the, the fourth or the second worst team in the NBA uh, yeah. for me is going to be those Atlanta Hawks that we discussed many times. And you pressed me and you pressed me for weeks telling me that the Atlanta Hawks were going to be the worst team in the league. And I finally caved and agreed with you uh, and I will now put them as fucking worst because their roster's not much better than Chicago's, but I do like Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going with the Hawks still. I'm gonna, and, wow. I, and I know. I, I, yeah, I know you're not on board with this, Ray. I already. I I can pre-tell you're not on board with this, but I'm. And I know like uh, Vegas is not completely on board with this. They have been picking up some wins, but you know what? I'm gonna go with the Nets. It's not Brooklyn. No, it's not. Look, yes, you look at you. you look at you and your skepticism. Look, look. Demario Carroll is never healthy and not good at basketball anymore. That that <laughs> that trade was just to free up some cap space for Toronto and uh, get them a pick. Okay. Uh, I look. I love. I love D'Angelo Russell, and I was hoping the Lakers traded him. But D'Angelo Russell is not ready to be the, the a point guard on a good team. He's just not. And more importantly. He doesn't have guys to pass to. Yeah, LeBert is a decent defender who played okay in small stretches, but Brook Lopez was their best player by a mile, and they, they traded him and picked up, you know, like I said, D'Angelo's fine. I just, I look at how... I like Crabb. I, I like Alan Crabb, Alan Crab, to be honest with you. I think that he's going to have a, a pretty good year for them. And I think you're giving Carroll, you're not giving Carroll enough credit. I, yeah, he's often injured, uh, and he's not a great player, but I feel like he's... Jay Crowder light, and I think if he can stay healthy for once, and they have a they have something there. So I don't think the Nets are going to be as horrible as you think. Uh, it, it is going to hurt that they lost Brook Lopez, though. They're going to have nothing in the paint. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm assuming this. Don't, maybe they're not even making your bottom five. It'll be interesting, but uh, yeah. But oh, I they will they my... will they will make my bottom five. I promise you that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, my Out of third worst team. They will, they will make my bottom five. I'll, I'll just say that my next team is the Atlanta Hawks. And the only reason, the reason I came off my stance that the Hawks are going to be the worst team in the NBA is one, what happened with the Bulls, who would have been, you know, my new favorite for the worst. But two, I just feel like Budenholzer is such a good coach that like has year in year out gotten this like less talent to play better than I would have expected. Uh, you know, he got a team with Dwight Howard. Uh, on it, who's like a notorious malcontent at this point, ruins teams to at least be competitive and be a playoff team. I don't this, look, this team has the worst talent in the NBA other than the Bulls. I would probably take their roster at this point over uh, Brooklyn's, but I, I just think that they'll work hard enough to sort of get into that three hole. Alright, my third worst team then is the Sacramento Kings. I, th- I think that they are just horrible. I think that they're a bad franchise. I think that they're they're a, a, a just pile of, of garbage. And I, I, I love using that phrase for these teams because they're just horrible. They're just bad. They are just very bad teams. And I, it doesn't matter what the Kings did. They got Zach Randolph. They got Vince Carter. They have 
young, promising players in, in Lavissier and, and uh, De'Aaron Fox. And they have a nice veteran point guard in George Hill. They're going to win games. They're going to win 30-plus games. No. Nope. The Kings are still garbage. They're horrible. Their roster sucks. Sacramento. Third worst. Yeah, I have the Kings as my fourth worst. And the reason why, look, I know they ha- I know they have Buddy Heald, okay? The reason I'm naming Buddy Heald first is because uh, I'm going to make a point that the Kings can't shoot. They drafted De'Aaron Fox. Like, you can't play him with Willie Cauley-Stein, which they're going to try to do together. Uh, like, George Hill... You know, had a good start to last season, and people were like, oh, George Hill's really good. But if you look at what he did during the second half of the season, and I grant he started breaking down. But, like, I don't – I think George Hill is aging, and I'm not – I don't think he'll run it back. But they brought in Randolph, who also can't shoot. You, you don't play Randolph and Willie Colley sign again. Like, the, to me, the Kings are going back to the Stone Age in terms of, like, what what their roster looks like. Uh, they're, you know, they're trying to play Scott Labissier. I don't I – don't, I like some of their pieces – I just don't see how they fit together at all. And because of that, sort of, I sort of think, feel the same way about Phoenix, but at least it, the difference is, is, like, Phoenix's non-fit at least includes, like, athleticism that I don't necessarily see to the same degree with the Kings. So I do have the Kings yeah. at the fourth worst. I love that you have the Kings in there, too, because I just think that they're horrible. And you know what? Uh, Phoenix is my honorable mention, spoiler alert, because I think that they are – are going to be out of the bottom five. And I think they're going to surprise some people and they're actually going to win a few games uh, because they usually go about things in the right manner and they have a, a good young scorer and Devin Booker. And um, I just, I like the Kings. So my first team, Calvin, you ready for it? This is okay. the Homer and me talking. Okay. It's your Los uh, Angeles Lakers, my friend. It's your Los Angeles Lakers. The fourth worst team in the NBA. They're going to prove Danny Ainge right. They're going to have that pick fall between two and five. He's going to get it. It's going to be his. And the Lakers, even though Lonzo Ball is going to be my rookie of the year, which is a shock for a terrible team in the bottom five, I just think that he's going to have the most opportunity to put up numbers as a rookie. Again, taking Ben Simmons out of the equation. The Lakers, Calvin, just because. Screw the Lakers. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Not even fifth, though. Fourth. Coming out of the bottom four. Look, bold statement from Rui here. Right. Uh, yeah, for, for my fifth worst team, you might consider this a surprise as well, but I'm just going to throw it out there. The Dallas Mavericks. Ooh. Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. I think the Mavericks are going to be worse than people think. And, again, hmm. the reason why is uh, I, I don't think uh, now all of a sudden like Ken Rivers and oh, Dennis Smith, yeah, I don't think Rick Carlisle is going to like what Dennis Smith does at all. They're, they're, dealing, with this whole, they're, they're dealing with this whole Nerlens Dirk issue now. I think Dirk is I, – I, I saw Dirk at the end of the season. I, I think Dirk is finally not going to be good in Dallas. It's like out of loyalty. I mean, he's still – he's not good now. But I mean, like, not really good enough to stay on the court. And I feel like Dallas's loyalty is going to like continue playing Dirk. He already shouldn't be starting, yeah. by the way. It's gonna, yeah, I think that's going to burn them. I think that's going to burn them. But you're forgetting yeah. about Harrison Barnes. He's a, a young, capable player, uh, relatively young anyway. And if Wesley Matthews can stay healthy, they're going to be good. And the, and the thing that I, I'm going to I'm going to fight you on as far as Dallas is concerned. I think Nerlens Noel is going to have an amazing year, and he's going to prove the the doubters wrong, and he's going to get paid by some, but uh, with a with a full a full contract next year. So I think that he, I yeah. mean, given the opportunity by Rick Carlisle, I think that he is going to shine. So Dallas doesn't seem to be a, a horrible team to me, but I mean, they're not a playoff team. Oh, oh I agree about Nerlens. When they trade him in January, Nerlens Noel is gone from that. There's no way uh, Nerlens goes. Good thought. I hadn't thought of that. Good point. Yeah. I like Noel quite a bit, but it's going to be the Nurkic situation all over again. He's already disgruntled. He should be disgruntled. Like, they won't play him and Dirk at the same time because they can't. They're, they have to play Dirk at center now, even though he can't defend. Like, if, you're center, if, if you're playing Dirk at center, how bad is your defense? Wesley Matthews is not good anymore, and, and that's not going to come back. So it's like people are expecting Chandler hmm. Parsons to be good this year. He's not coming back either. Ah, uh, Parsons. That's tough. Yeah. 
anyway, let's get to our. All right. Let's get to our. Yeah. Well, my fifth worst is uh, the Brooklyn Nets, Calvin. I think that uh, they they probably. I mean, if I had my green goggles off and my Laker hating pants off, then maybe I would put them fourth and the Lakers fifth or what have you. But um, I'm putting the Nets there, and I, I just. I also am buying into Phoenix quite a bit. So that feeds into this as well. Uh, because I just, I don't know. I, I feel like the Nets are going to be better than people think. And actually, my heart tells me to, to say that the Knicks are going to be horrible. Because w- what the Knicks have right now, besides Porzingis, like that team could just totally implode as well. But I think that they have, the, they, they got rid of the things that were making them really horrible. And now they just have a bunch of guys that actually want to win. So, um, not, I shouldn't say actually want to win, but actually want to win in New York, I would think. Because I think Carmelo was just fed up and Derrick Rose didn't care, et cetera, et cetera. On down the line with all those guys in the Knicks. And they have always been garbage in my mind. So I want to put the Knicks in the bottom five as well, but I'm going with Brooklyn just because I think there are too many things that could go wrong. And while I do believe that they're going to play better than people think, the talent just isn't really there when you look at it. So Brooklyn in the bottom five. Yeah, I actually like the Knicks in the middle of the pack, just for, the, for what you said about Carmelo combining with losing. I think with the lack of all the distractions and all that with New York, I, I think they'll be better. But we're not here to talk about them because they weren't in my bottom five. Let's get to those top eight, huh? Let's, what do you want to all right, do? Are, we going, are we going eight up or are we going one down? What do you think? Eight up. Eight up. You got to go eight, eight up. Eight up. All right. All right, let's start in the East. East or West? East. Let's start in the East. All right, we're going to start in the East. I'm going Miami. Miami's my number eight. I think they sneak in. I've been down on Miami the last couple of years. Um, I still don't really like them as a a team. I think Drogic is soft. I think that he doesn't have the the drive and passion to be a championship type of winner. And I think that they're going to just fold when it comes to playoff time. But – they're good enough in the East to, to get in. So I'm going with Miami number eight. Okay, fair enough. I am going with the 76ers at number eight. Nice. And Yeah, you, you might not even have the 76ers as a playoff team, and I would, oh, I would respect right, that. Right outside, I, honorable mention. I do like what they're, what they're doing here, and they have a great coach. Yeah. I don't like what they're doing as much as Sixers fans like what, they, like what they're doing. And, again, because – because no, I have issues you? with the fact that in, in now Sixer fans, I'm rooting against the Sixers. But they, they've, like, turned the Sixers into a team I didn't care about at all, to like a team that I, that I like, openly despise. But, and, and I don't, I, I am, I don't know if I'm a Joel Embiid skeptic, but I'm certainly skeptical that he's going to play the entire season. But I just think in, in a weak East, they have enough talent, even with, if Embiid plays 40 games, which, you know, that's about what I would project, right? 40 games or so. I, I think that they get in as the AC. They squeeze it in. And people will be pumped. All right. That. Fair enough. Uh, that's, no, that's, that's fine. Um, Philadelphia is definitely going to be creeping in on the playoffs, and they will probably be there in the next couple of years for sure. But right now I'm keeping them out. Um, number seven for me is – the Charlotte Hornets. I think Charlotte is going to be a decent team. And let me just sort of preface this by saying, to me, five through eight in the East is pretty similar. They're probably within a game or two of each other. Uh, I'm not really buying into any of the teams that are in this this little section that we have going on here. Um, And I think Miami's probably going to be around 500, but – Definitely five through seven. These teams are all going to be right around the same the same record, and there's going to be some tiebreakers that go into this. So keep that in mind. But um, I'll put Charlotte at seven. Uh, yeah, I also have Charlotte at center at, at center at seven. Uh, I would have had them at six, but uh, Nick Batum is out, so. I, I, you know, he's supposed to be out for some time. Uh, Peter Gilchrist heard it, heard it again, as always, right? I mean, it's, it's questionable, like, how much value Peter Gilchrist actually brings beyond being a stopper because he can't shoot. 
But I just think I think the Hornets are again well coached team. They're scrappy. Uh, I think they lose some points for adding Dwight Howard. I'm just gonna come right out and tell them a little bit. Uh, seven seems just about right for where they're gonna be. They always compete, but they're never actually that good. All right, there it that is. brings me to uh, number five, and this may be a surprise. Oh, wait, man. wait. I'm sorry. Number six. Number six. Number six. This may be a surprise to people. I'm going with the Detroit Pistons. And it's not just because I have a man crush on Avery Bradley. I actually hate the Detroit Pistons. I think that they play a boring brand of basketball. I never want to go to a Detroit Pistons game in person. I try to sell those games every chance I get. But the fact that Bradley's on the team, I'm going to go this year. That's not why I think they're going to be number six. I'm buying into, Calvin, the hype surrounding Andre Drummond's transformation. People are saying that he's worked very hard in the offseason. We've seen him a little bit in the preseason. I like what I saw. I like what I hear. I am buying into Andre Drummond and the Pistons as being a better team. And for the first time in probably three or four years, I'm putting them in the playoffs at number six. Wow, right. Number six. Now yeah, you, they're taking quite a jump, right? They were like 10th last year. Yeah, I don't think – again, if, I'm, I'm not buying into Andre Drummond's uh, slimming. I, I, I feel like every year players slim down, and everyone's like, like look how much uh, better he is. But, like, they, and I said, I'll say the same thing about Julius Randle because he also, like, lost a lot of weight, looks great. But, but you know what he didn't do is learn how to shoot. He was just like always. He was like always. His, his strength was always fine. He always had like his motor was always fine. I sort of feel the same way about Drummond, maybe to a little bit lesser extent than than Julius. Him slimming down not that big of a deal to me. If he had like gotten even a, a 10, 15 foot jumper as well about slimming down, we we have a conversation. I don't think he works at all. Don't like Reggie Jackson. They're they're going to be like 11th in the East for me. I've got Miami at six. Yeah. Okay. I just yeah. I feel the same way that sort of as I do about Charlotte. I would have had Charlotte at six if not for Batum's injury. They're scrappy. I like Dragic and Whiteside. Uh, I like their bench. They're not super talented, but they're like in that eastern range of of teams that work hard and are well coached. So the Heat are six for me. All right, uh, we've got about 15 minutes left here, so five more minutes on the East. That sounds good to me. And I will move on to the fifth, number five for me, Calvin. Uh, that is going to have to be Toronto. I think Toronto is just on their way to falling further and further every year because it looks like teams like um, Charlotte even and Philadelphia uh, and Orlando uh, perhaps are trending upwards. Charlotte, uh, I just said Charlotte. And teams like Milwaukee are trending upwards for sure. It seems as though the other four teams that we're, we haven't spoken about yet are, are going to be right there for a little while. I'm just I'm th- I'm not thinking that Toronto is going to be there. They re-signed Kyle Lowry, but it just seems that they're an aging team and they've never been able to get anything done as far as the playoffs are concerned. So they fall down a little bit as far as I'm concerned this year, and I think next year they're going to fall even further. So they are just uh, they're they're on a de- the on the decline right now and. That's too bad for Raptors fans because it looked like they were going to be actually a contender against Cleveland in the past couple of years. They just couldn't get over the hump. Ray, uh, this might be a surprise for you at number five. My number five team is the Washington Wizards. Nice. I'm going to take the Wizards with this because I, I've seen this. Look, I've seen this same song and dance before where the Wizards uh, have this season where they break out. Everyone thinks they're good. And then the next year, Bradley Beal misses 42 games. And I, I, I just, I don't trust the Wizards. Look, the Wizards are so shallow as a team. They, they, they basically demand the help of their players. And it happened last year. But as a team that's also notoriously fragile, I just, I, I am betting on that not repeating. I, I still have them at fifth. They're, they're going to be in the East, but I, th- I think they're going to take a step back, and people are going to be like, oh, yeah, what happened to the Wizards? It's just because that team can't overcome even the smallest of injuries. So they're fifth for me. Maybe well, it's probably a uh, No, it's not a stretch. I'm putting them fourth, and it's, it, that speaks more about the Milwaukee Bucks at three 
than it does about the Washington Wizards at four to me. Uh, but I think that Washington will be right there. They're going to be a contender. And if they can get past the first round matchup against um, Toronto, which I believe they would, then they will see the number one seed and, and lose. Anyway, um, so I've, I've given away my third as well. Uh, you may as well do both four and three. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number four team Murray is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I don't think they're ready to be quite ready to be uh, an elite East team yet. It'll be interesting to see uh, when Jabari Parker comes back and if like he has value maybe as a trade piece because I'm not sure he works with the starters that they have on their team. I just think yeah, like for them to be any higher than four, I just feel like Giannis would have to take another leap. And it's hard, unless he, again, learns to shoot in this off, it's hard for me to see him being much better than he was last year because he was so good at everything but shooting. I, I just, I think, yeah. like, four, yeah, I like the coach. I, I think four is right around, uh, right for where where they should be. They're still on the come up, but they're not quite there yet. Uh, my number three team, Ray, again, another surprise. I'm just mixing it up right now. My number three team is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nice. And, yeah. And it's not that I don't – it's not like, like – I, yeah, I said I'm not sure how much LeBron cares, and, but, and I think that's going to apply specifically to the regular season. I think he'll still try to win a championship, obviously, when he gets to the playoffs. I think the Cavs will be at least in the Eastern Conference Finals, if not the finals. So um, this, is not, this is not a blast on them. I just think I, I think they have less depth than they did last year. I think they're going to have to try to work new guys in. I, who knows when Isaiah comes back, how they're going to be. Uh, LeBron increasingly throughout these past couple of years has taken his foot off the gas in the regular season. I think he does it again this year. And, uh, yeah, so I have them third. Yeah, see, I like the, I like the Bucks because I like – I think that Chris Middleton is going to be a better player than last year as well. And I think John Henson is a great defensive player. So I think the Bucks are going to be right there at three. I put Cleveland at number two, Calvin. And that leaves the Boston Celtics for number one. I think Cleveland is still an elite team, and I'm still going to pick them going into the playoffs to win the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, as rosters are constituted now, we'll see as when the season goes. But right, going into the season, I pick Cleveland to go to the finals still. The Celtics have an excellent shot at doing so, and I hope they do. And it will be awesome if they do. And it will be an, a slight overachievement if they do. On the flip side for the Celtics, if they don't go to the Eastern Conference Finals and at least win a game or two and compete with Cleveland, it will be a disappointing season. So they have a very fine line that they're going to walk here throughout the course of the playoffs where they are going to need to actually compete and play well in the Eastern Conference Finals to make me think that they've had a successful season. Sure, they can be the number one seed again. They can be exciting. They can win all these games. But if they don't actually show up in the playoffs, then what's the point, right? So that's kind of the way I look at the – the top two here. Cleveland should still be the favorite. They still have LeBron James operating at a high level. If Isaiah Thomas comes back healthy, he's just another scoring threat. And they also did not get rid of any of the other guys that brought them to the NBA Finals last year. Uh, as far as Kevin Love, J.R. Smith are concerned, they still have Tristan Thompson and all of their role players for the most part. Boston's the one for the regular season. Cleveland will be in the NBA Finals again, in my opinion, which is unfortunate, but the Celtics are right there, knocking on the door. Great. Remember what I said about Washington? The exact opposite applies to my number two team, Toronto. Mm-hmm. I'm, going the, yeah. I'm, going, yeah, I'm going completely against This is my surprise. We don't need to talk about yeah. the, the Celtics uh, as much right now. Yeah. This, this is what I want no, to hear. Yeah. Why is Toronto number two for you? I don't get it. Right, because because this off this happens much like with Washington and their inconsistency. The consistency of the Raptors is it's the same every year. Look, the Raptors flame out in the playoffs, and then the next season everyone just starts out about how the Raptors aren't any good. They're predictable. Uh, they're doing the same thing. They're not growing. All of those things are true, and those things will manifest themselves in the playoffs again next year, no doubt. But the Raptors, what will happen is is 
DeMar DeRozan will, will start off scoring 32 points a game. Uh, I predict that Valanciunas will sort of fall out of that starting position and probably even into the rotation. Uh, Yaka Pearl in uh, that center who's out of Kentucky, that rookie guy, Anubi, I don't know how to say his name yet. I think he, I think they become more athletic, and everyone's like, "Oh, new look Raptors!" Even though really they only changed a small facet of their team, and their offense will become predictable in the playoffs again. But they won't get off to that good start because they care more than than Cleveland does. They're a team that's consistent. They know what they are, and the Bucks aren't ready yet. So I have them. Yeah, now they they could finish third. I don't think they'll finish fourth. All right, fair enough. We've got to rip through the Western Conference now, though. So, number eight, for me, the New Orleans Pelicans. I just think that I just think that the, the Davis uh, Cousins combo is going to work. I think that when Rondo comes back from his uh, hernia surgery, he's going to be uh, not the same old Rondo, but enough of a, of a presence on the floor. We saw what he did in the first couple of games of that first round series against the Bulls last year. He's going to be enough of a presence on the floor for those two guys to start clicking a little bit more as well. I think New Orleans finally gets into the playoffs here, Calvin. I'm going, I'm going with the Pelicans. Okay. I am not going with the Pelicans. I do not think they make the playoffs. Uh, I just, I don't think that roster works together, but anyway, we're on the clock here. So I'm going to go with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Maybe maybe you think this is a little low. Maybe you have them a little higher. I think I think you know Butler will be awesome defensively, but I, I don't think those other guys play defense that well. I think Teague likes the ball in his hand in in ISO situations, and so does Butler. They'll take some time working their way around that, and so does Wiggins. By the way, all of those are isolation type scorers. Uh, I I don't see where they're sort of traditional ball-handling ball offenses. I think they'll be better defensively. Than, that's not even including, like, getting Towns the ball, who has to have the ball you know, thrown to him. I just – I think they're, they're too young. And uh, other than Butler, they're still a little bit too young. They'll make the playoffs. But, like, this talk of them being the five seed, people are out of their minds. Eight. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be as high as five. That seems very aggressive. Um, I, I'm not throwing them at seven either, but I do think that they're going to be there finally. I, it, it just it seems like it's too there's too much talent for them to not succeed and make the playoffs for once, you know. So oh, yeah. to me, to me, I, a, a different team is out, uh, and that team to me is the Denver Nuggets. They're out, and that's oh. why I put New Orleans in. I think that Utah still has enough talent with Ricky Rubio added and Gobert playing over there. I think Joe Ingles is going to be a nice um, – he's going to have, be a nice player that steps in for Gordon Hayward and sort of fills his role a little bit. I'm going with Utah at number seven. Denver's out for me. Uh, and like I said, New Orleans at eight. Fair enough. I, it's funny that you say that uh, because I have Denver in at seven. I, I, I just think Millsap is such a good defensive player, uh, which is like what Denver needs because their, their defense was bad. Uh, I, I like their young guys a lot. Um, I think my, my thing about them as opposed to uh, Minnesota is they're bringing in one new piece and working mostly and bringing, bringing that guy into the offense. It's so much easier than trying to bring three new guys in who don't completely fit. And Millsap is like also a very good passer. And I just look at him and Jokic out, Jokic out there on the floor, and it makes complete sense to me. Um, I think they still lack a little bit of experience, and that's why they're not higher than seven for me, but they're seven. Yeah, you talk but about I the defense of Millsap, and he's a pretty decent os- offensive player as well, but I don't think that I see much scoring in the backcourt for for Denver, so I'm worried about that, which is why I put him out. Well, here, here. Anyway. Gary Harris is an, an excellent scorer. I mean, yeah, I, Harris I, is a I, solid player, solid player. Anyway, but Denver, number Denver, six Denver, for me. Yeah, that's that's the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I and I I just I'm hesitant to put them much higher than this because as much as I like what they've done in the off season, they've added basically my favorite player in the entire NBA, Jimmy Butler. Uh, they have made some some moves that make them look like they're a, a serious contender. I just I don't know. Actually, I shouldn't say a serious contender. I should say a serious playoff team. 
Carl Anthony Towns obviously is, is getting ready to take another step. And Andrew Wiggins is Andrew Wiggins. He's a, a solid scorer on the wing. So I think that they have enough to win a bunch of games and make the playoffs, finally. But I'm not putting them higher than six. Yeah, it's funny because I, I think that I would have liked Minnesota more if they had just kept Ricky Rubio and not gotten Jeff Teague, for, which is why I have Utah at six. Uh, I don't think – you can call me crazy. I don't think Utah is going to be that much worse without Gordon Haywood, assuming assuming health. And it's not because I don't think Gordon Haywood's a good player. It, it's just that, like, the, the way – but the, the way they run their – first of all, they're, they're built on defense, which is still going to be excellent without Gordon Haywood. Um, I don't think – you know, they might not have, obviously, the, the cachet as, like, the upstart team that they did last year and, like, the, the actual threat. But they still play a different brand of basketball than everyone else. They lock it down. Gobert is probably the, the most actual, most impactful defensive player in the league. Oh, uh, he's Eagles defensive really player of the year, hands down, in my opinion. He's yeah. going to be. He will be. Yeah. Ingles Hood, I, I think Hood can pick up some of the slack for the scoring. Uh, again, I like Rubio's an excellent point guard defender who knows how to distribute the ball. Yeah, he can't shoot, but, like, that's, I don't know. He would have he worked perfectly in Minnesota, in my opinion, but, I mean, with the new roster. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. I have Utah at six. I still I, – I like Utah. I like what they've done to fill in for Gordon Hayward. That's why I have them in. Um, and Denver out, like I said. But that leaves number five. And this is tough. I, I, I always hate picking this team because I always know that they're going to fall flat on their face when it comes to the playoffs. And it's the Los Angeles Clippers. Honestly, Calvin, I was tempted to drop them all the way out of the playoffs, but I kind of have too much respect for Doc Rivers and what he does uh, as far as getting players to, to play pretty well. Blake Griffin is still a all-star type of player, and, and I do like what they've added in the backcourt to fill in for Chris Paul. So I'll go with the Clippers number five. Let me make sure here. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta count these teams because I totally forgot about the Clippers. You just threw me off here. Let's see. Oh yeah, I guess, I guess the Clippers are. I guess I, I, I you know what I mean. You know what? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what you did. Minnesota's out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swap the Clippers in there. Yeah, I'm gonna swap the Clippers in there at seven. Uh, I'm gonna move Denver down to eight. I did this last year. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about the Clippers, and, and that's fine. Look, uh, I'm, I'm not convinced that that roster is going to work well together. They're not. They're, Blake Griffin gets hurt every year. Uh, DeAndre gets hurt every year. I, I just think, I think that there's sort of uh, a lot of malcontent issues going on with with Doc and, and his players at this point. Um, I think the Clippers will still be a playoff team. I just think that they're lower end a playoff team. I have them. You know what? Yeah, I have them seventh now. <laughs> Revamped. Anyway, uh, my number five team is the Portland Trailblazers, right? Who apparently wow. you don't have in the playoffs at all, which is nope, fine. They're out. Yeah, I, they're out. I, I think they make a run here. I like Stotts. Uh, I like that team with Nurkic. That's what it is. is he sets crushing screens. Those guys get wide open shots. And you, yeah, maybe I'm slightly biased because I was, you know, Nostradamus and said Nurkic would be great on a new team. And then he was traded like. Three weeks later, after I was demanding they trade him, and he was immediately <laughs> awesome. So that's well, how do you feel about that concussion? He just suffered a concussion. I'm a little worried about that, but, but uh, that's, maybe that's, that's not, not enough. That's not debilitating for this first season, though. We're, we're talking about a week or two. You know what I mean? So, okay. Yeah. Well, it's 8 p.m. We gotta we gotta rip through these things. We're neglecting the Western <laughs> Conference as usual. Um, uh, number, number four for me is the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. I just don't see how they, with, with the talent that they've amassed, that they can be any worse than that. Um, I, it's, it's tough to, to push them up into the top three because the top three are so good, it seems, year in and year out, especially recently. So OKC with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony, they drop in at four. And I think, Calvin, that they will have a seven-game series in the second round of the playoffs. That's my opinion. Okay, that's a, I like that a bold statement before we even know how the seats uh, pan out. But, uh, yeah, I also like them at four, uh, thought about them at three, went back and forth between my three and four, who, like, I, I think that in, in both – for me, it's kind of opposite. I think that OKC will, will, will work out spectacularly at the start of the season. Actually, no, I think the other way. I'm sorry. 
I think that OKC will take some time to get their offense going. I think Westbrook will have the ball too much, and then later, you know, as the season goes, they'll figure it out. But I, I think it'll there'll be a little bit of like, you know, get why am I especially with George? I think Carmel is probably just happy to get out get out in New York for now, uh, even though he might be more disgruntled by the end of the season. I just think it'll take them a little bit of time to get everything going, and they might not be the fourth. You know, they might be better than the fourth best team at the end of the year. But right now, but overall, we'll have them fourth. All right, well, number three for me, the San Antonio Spurs. I would love to have them higher, but I just I think that the, the other two teams are loaded at this point. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking San Antonio at three. I still think that they're going to be formidable, and they may even go to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them here now. Yeah, I'm taking uh, Houston at three. Yeah, look, which means I'm taking San Antonio at two, right? We want to just wrap all these up together. Just, sure. Yeah. San Antonio, it's like the same thing. San Antonio is, you know, it, it's not it's a marquee pick. It's not exciting. It's not even interesting. I don't want the Spurs to finish second. I just think that they probably will. They somehow, with their garbage rosters every year, manage to get in this position. And some of it's Kawhi, but a lot of it's Pavlovich. A lot of it is their system. Uh, I just think with, with their consistency, they know what they are. They know what they do. Uh They'll finish second, and nobody will be talking about them. That, that's what, people will still be talking about Houston and Oklahoma City and what they might do in, in, in the playoffs. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to hype up Houston right now because I'm taking them as my number one and Golden State as my number two, and here's why. This is how we're going to wow. end the show. This is how we're going to end the show, even though I wish I could wow. have another 15, 20 minutes to talk about this. Um I think that the way the NBA is going, there's quite a contrast between playoffs and regular season basketball. I think the Houston Rockets are ideally built for regular season basketball. I think they're going to be a high-powered offense. I think that they're going to win a lot of games. And it's only going to be a game or two, probably not even two games. Let's say a game that separates Golden State from Houston and getting that one seed. And just like in the Eastern Conference, I am going to – pick the Golden State Warriors as the two seed to go to the NBA Finals. I just feel like something's going to happen throughout the course of the year for them. They're going to have an injury or they're going to have a little bit of a uh, NBA Finals championship hangover. They're going to start slow. I just I feel like Houston is going to be locked in for the regular season and then the rug is going to get swept or pulled out from underneath them in the playoffs uh, just like it will for the Boston Celtics. And it's still going to be a Golden State Cleveland Finals, but I like Houston in their regular season, so they're my number one. Really, I need a number. Give me, give me the number of games that Houston wins in your in your scenario to to win more games than Golden State. Sixty. Sixty games. So you don't you don't think Golden State wins sixty games this year? I think that there's a a, a valid shot of Golden State winning fifty nine games. This is, I mean, it's. That's how close it is in my mind. Maybe it's 61 and 60. Maybe it's 59 and 58. It's all, it's going to be right up in, the, in that range. And I just feel like Houston has built themselves as a regular season team. And they have a shot at being the one seed, just like the Celtics. Just so you know, the, the over-under is 68 right now in Vegas. So you're going way under for the Warriors. In any case, way under uh, for the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a fun prediction. I like it. Maybe we'll revisit this at some point. You know, I like revisiting these predictions and talking about how dumb we are. But in the meantime, you have a game to watch, so I suppose this, this will do it for Kelly Swiss. That will do it for Kelly Swiss for five minutes late. And good night, everybody. Enjoy the NBA season's opening night. Celtics Cavs right now. Oh, yeah. Good night, everyone.